Welcome, everybody. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With our man right in the middle, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul, and good morning out there to all of our viewers and our listeners. Uh, it's Tuesday morning again. I'm Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company, managing partner of Saywitz Properties, and we are talking real estate. We're trying something new today. We have a partially remodeled uh, radio studio. We have new microphones. We have new technology, and yet we do not have video. So we're going to go straight up with the audio. You can't see what I'm doing. I could be home in my underwear. Uh, I'm not. Oh, you can't see me. Well, then I'm not home in my underwear. I won't try and BS anybody. It's still early in the morning. But I am excited about today's show. Today, uh, we have uh, with us uh, a guest who's a friend of mine, uh, someone I've known for a long time, watched him rise uh, in his business and political career, Steve Sanchez, Mayor Pro Tem from the city of La Quinta out in the Coachella Valley. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, Barry. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I apologize for the technology uh, faux pas, but uh, we're going to do the best we can, and we're still going to talk about some exciting stuff. Uh, You are the first part in our multi-part series uh, focusing on the Coachella Valley uh, and the different aspects of not only the economy, the real estate market, and the different cities that we have uh, out in the Coachella Valley. Uh, And uh, I figured no one better than you. Uh, Not only do you have the political and economic side, but also the real estate background. And so for those uh, out there who are not familiar with uh, Steve, Steve uh, is a longtime real estate broker. Uh, and uh, working throughout the entire Coachella Valley. We have done several transactions together. And so, Steve, I want to rewind. Uh, I know you way back when, uh, when you were better looking and taller and, and thinner, <laughs> just like myself. Um, but I know when you first got started, you got started in the commercial real estate brokerage business uh, out in the Coachella Valley. What made you get into the real estate business in the first place? Yeah, you know, it, it all started with... Um, uh, a buddy of mine who uh, was in the, he used to sell apartments, and, and you, you know him, Scott Lawson. And, um, you know, one day, this is before, you know, a few years before I started, I, I looked up at an apartment and I said, how, do, how does this work? You know, what, how, what's the business of this thing? Um, you know, so somebody owns it, somebody's making money. And so I, I reached out to Scott, met with him, and said, hey, I, you know, I want to buy apartments. And, uh, you know, we talked for a while, and at that time, banks just stopped lending for new guys like me, right? So I was like, oh, whatever. So I went back to do what I was doing. And then a couple of years later, you know, Scott reached out to me and said, hey, Steve, I'll, I'll mentor you on how to sell apartments, right? I, just, I was just always fascinated by apartments. I went to seminars and read books and things like that. And um, so I got into commercial real estate mainly to sell apartment buildings. And so this was back around what year? Uh, let's see. So I started in officially January of 2014 um, is when I, when I started, when I got my license and everything like that. So, so a little bit before that, right, right around December or so, like 13. But uh, yeah, um, and then two years prior to that or so, a year and a half, two years, is when I had that conversation with Scott. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just fortunate he... He remembered, you know, and I remember being scared. I was like, uh, you know, does this thing work? Am I going to make money here? Am I going to be able to live? And yeah, you know, he, he was a good mentor. He was a good mentor. 
Never heard a lot from him. Yeah, and, and that was an interesting time uh, in the commercial real estate markets because really at that point, 2012, 13, 14 started to come out of uh, the recession area, and uh, a lot of people out in the desert had lost a lot of money in the real estate from a practical standpoint, and also just in terms of the values of their homes and their commercial properties, uh, many of which to the tune of 50% or more. And so I remember when I started buying property out in the Coachella Valley, uh, the sellers that I was talking to were telling me that they had bought property in the early 2000s and it had taken, you know, a good 10 or 12 years for the market just to get back to close to what they had paid for it. Uh, And that was one of the reasons they were trying to get out. And then all of a sudden, you know, the market starts to take off all over in Southern California and, and out in the desert as well. And so the apartment market out there really has seen a lot of change over the last 10 years. I mean, talk about what you've seen in terms of not only rents, but just a desire and appetite for people to want to buy property in the Coachella Valley. Yeah, it's, uh, exactly. In fact, Barry, I think you were my first client. Yeah, no, I remember ever. you had like torn shoes and, you know, your car was all scratched. And then look, look at you now. I mean, it's a good success story. There, there are a number of guys that I have done business in the, in the past with who uh, are younger guys that were just starting out. And then, you know, I do a deal with them. And then the next deal, they show up in a new car and a new suit. And then the next deal, you know, they got a wife and some kids and a new house. And that's how it goes. So it's a good success story. Um, and nonetheless, and, and, and people ask me all the time, I, I'm, I'm doing an interview next week on somebody else's radio show, and they said, what are five things that you need to be successful in commercial real estate? That's what we're going to ask you when you come on the show. And I, So one of the things is you, you need to have a good work ethic. You need to work hard and believe in what you do, and, and I, I think you have that, and, and I've seen it from you. So I guess my question is, in terms of the market itself, since the time you started until, let's call it today, I mean, you fast forward, yeah. I think the first deal we did, people were paying four, five, six hundred $600 a month in rents. Um, yeah. and, and today, yeah. you know, people paying twenty four, twenty five, twenty six hundred dollars $2,600 a month in rents. It's really been a yeah, significant change. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, as far as rents, you know, I think it's, I'm not really familiar with the rest of California. Uh, I'm only assuming, just from my political hat, that there is a, um, a lack of inventory right throughout the state for dwelling units, um, and it's and it's you know the same here in the, in the Coachella Valley. Um, and as you know, you know we, we really haven't built apartments. I think maybe this last year or so, um, apartments have finally been built. Maybe about two or three of them um, market rent apartments. That uh, that are actually being built, I should say, or permits are being pulled to be to be built. So for a long time, we just haven't built apartments out here in the Coachella Valley. Um, and so, you know, one, one thing that owners are, have going for them is, you know, there's more renters than there are uh, units for people to rent. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, when things go up with you know goods and products of other industries, you know, uh, rents. You know, all, all of that stuff goes up with it, right? Cost of living, everything like that. I mean, um, it's like you said. Yeah, I remember. You know, rents were like four or five hundred dollars in some of these areas, and now they're close to two, almost three in some areas. And I, I never would have thought it, right? And, and and so, what do you think? Uh, is there one thing that you attribute the rise in rents? I mean, certainly supply demand. I, I think that's a, an obvious one. The other thing I think that we've seen. I'm curious your thoughts is that you have a lot of people that have migrated to the Coachella Valley from Los Angeles, from Orange County, from San Diego, from out of state. 
And if you come from Los Angeles and you wind up paying $2,000 for an apartment, it's cheap. It's like half price. And so people don't mind paying the rent out there and they gobbled stuff up. No problem. Whereas the person who's already out there, who's been renting for five, six, seven hundred dollars to pay two thousand dollars, it's a shell shocker. And, and so I, I think that ran the prices up. And then I, I, the other factor that I think is a big one. Again, I, I'm, I'm curious what you think. Is that you have the, a lot of the seasonal rental. So what happens is there's less inventory in the market, whether it's houses, whether it's condos, whether it's apartments because there are snowbirds from Canada, from the Midwest, from the East Coast that come and they'll do a six-month lease and pay a significant premium. And then it takes that inventory off the market, making it that much tighter for the 12-month rental. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. And um, a lot of my current buyers, you know, have been folks from the larger cities, right? The, the, the Bay Area, LA, San Diego, OC, places like that, um, where, you know, a uh, million dollars out there doesn't get you much, but it goes a long way out here. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they started buying up all these properties out here. And quite frankly, a lot of those folks that, that own in L.A., you know, they, they were used to like two caps and things like that. So um, when they came out here, things were still higher, higher cap rates. Now they're lower again, but still higher than we usually get like in L.A. and places like that. Yeah. Um, but as, as far as your, your comment about snowbirds and whatnot, yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a valid point, right? Um, let's say I need to rent, you know, year-round. Um, it, it's hard for me to rent a condo for six months and then move again for six months until that snowbird comes back, right, because they're going to pay more. So, um, yeah, and I think, I think finally owners, you know, they, they came from the big areas, you know, picked up some of these apartments and, you know, started charging what they should, what, you know, the max that they could get, you know. Um, I know a lot of folks that have done stuff like that. They just cleaned them up, made them a little nicer, and they just pushed the envelopes to see, us, see who's going to rent, right? Right. And obviously, like, the housing market location is, is key also, right? You can, you can only charge so much in so many areas. But um, but even some of these areas that, you know, were paying 300 a month before, you know, they're over a thousand now, right? The places that, uh, quote unquote, you know, uh, rougher areas, right? Um, even those rents are a lot higher than what they used to be a couple of years ago. Yeah, and and I think that um, the the fact that you've had uh, owners come in and fix up properties that are older, make them nicer, and then want to charge obviously higher rents as a result of it. You know that then uh, runs the market up as well. The idea that I could pay really cheap rent. Uh, and and I have an older, not fixed up place. There's just not that many of those around anymore. And so the folks that are out there, and I, I feel for them, but the ones that are on a fixed income, the ones that are retired, the ones that are used to paying what I'm going to call yesterday's rent, it really becomes much more difficult for them going forward. Yeah, and it's harder for them right now to purchase a home. You know, interest rates are a little higher for what they can pay for. And quite frankly, what they can pay for you know, in a home, it really doesn't exist anymore in price, right? That's, you know, to go with what you're saying, that's yesterday's prices, right? Yeah. For a home. Well, look, if you were to rewind a couple of years ago, you could have bought a house for a couple hundred thousand dollars in most parts of the Coachella Valley. There were opportunities to do that, and you could have had an interest rate in the twos or threes. Today, the prices really haven't come, the prices ran up, right? So now a $200,000 house is three or $400,000. And then the, uh, 
the interest rates have gone up and now you're at 7% and not 3%. And so your mortgage payment, you know, just went up dramatically. But what I find interesting is we actually have more people within our portfolio out there that are actually still buying homes that are looking because uh, you've now started to see a little bit of a kink in the pricing. Uh, and with the rents the way that they are, the mortgage payment may be the same or even less at the end of the day after taxes as paying the rent because the rents have gone uh, so high. I mean, if you were paying $1,500 a month in rent, you couldn't duplicate that in a house payment. If you have to pay $3,000 a month in rent, you could own a house for the same amount of money, assuming you can qualify and you have the down payment. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And I think a lot of folks um, are banking on hopefully interest rates coming down a little bit. So just maybe be able to negotiate a little they, bit better on the yeah they can right go now. back and refinance which is an interesting right. pitch somebody somebody pitched me on a deal last week and said you know uh you should buy this uh, apartment building and i said the price is ridiculous it's just completely overpriced and you're selling me you know a no return property with the premise that i can go back and fix the property up uh raise the rents on the folks that are there and if those folks can't pay it then they'll move and someone else can pay it and i do all this heavy lifting and dirty work and then you're telling me I should buy it and then maybe interest rates will come back down in a year and I can refinance and then I'll get an even better deal. And I said that that logic is just completely flawed. It might work if you're buying a house, but on a commercial property, you have a prepayment penalty. So you can't just go back and refinance in a year. And then secondly, right. I'm not a big believer that interest rates are going to be dramatically cheaper, if at all, in a year. Uh, I, th I think, you know, it, uh, the lenders are being very difficult, at least the ones that I'm, I'm talking to. And, and it's really they're being far more selective than they were before, which then puts pressure on, on the investment market as a whole. And so I'm curious your thoughts on this one, because I know when I first started buying out in the desert, and I think the first deal you and I did together, it was a seven or a seven and a half cap. And, right. uh, and then in Orange County in Los Angeles at the time, the cap rates were probably four to five. So it was a two point spread between the coast, which made some sense, right? You're taking a riskier deal and uh, in, in, in a, a different market that's not as deep, not as close to the coast and, and maybe had more exposure. Then when the cap rates at the coast went to call it three to 4%, you had cap rates in the desert going down to five to four and then there's limited product. And so people said, hey, I'm just gonna try and sell a three cap in the desert, see if somebody bites and then they can raise the rents. But now interest rates are at least seven, if not seven and a half percent in the desert. And you still have properties that are on the market trying to be sold at a three and a four cap. Does it hunt, I guess is my question. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a that's a valid point, and you know, still in the, you, know, you keep an eye on the market out here, and there's very limited inventory uh, that you'll find out there on the you know, net or anything like that for apartments for sale. Um, but you're right, um, cap rates have. I think owners is kind of what you're saying. They try to see if they can um, still get those five caps and four caps out here in the desert. Uh, because I've been looking at the market and the properties that, you know, the larger properties, large for us in the desert is like 20, 20 units or so, right? Those are large properties for us. We don't have a lot of uh, skyscrapers like you guys have in the, in the, in the big cities. But, um, you know, a lot of these owners are holding tight at their four or five caps. And really, I think, they, I think they're hoping for exchange buyers, um, somebody that has to buy, yeah. really likes the desert, and they're willing to pay a five cap, you know, in order to avoid uh, uh, tax repercussions and whatnot. So that's kind of what I'm seeing. 
Um, but, the, the, but the regular buyer, kind of like yourself, you're right. You're, you're not buying it's a, a, a flight cap out here. No, it's very, it's very tough. And and so, but and that's what I told the broker on this project last week. I said you should look for a 1031 buyer. You should look for a snowbird uh, who spends part of the year out there who likes and wants to buy a place and keep an eye on it. Or you should look for a retired person who's moving to the desert or has a house there, and then they might do it. But if you sit down and and look at it on a piece of paper, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And so that's why I think. There's still more change in the air uh, all over, really. I mean, whether it's at the coast or in Los Angeles or, or in the desert, the cap rates have continued to rise. The, there is still limited product, which is what I think is still propping up uh, the prices. But when you start to dig in and you have uh, an older property that needs work with low rents where there's heavy lifting, uh, and then the lender says, hey, I'm, I'm going to be tight on what I'm going to lend, there's just a lot of forces working against you. You really want to buy that property you're you're just going to have to struggle with a very low return and hope for the long term it just doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense in today's market and and that's and that'll be interesting to see because as the 1031 slow down which they already have you have less and less buyers out there i guess the other question is you know what have you seen in terms of the activity uh yeah. it seems like the folks that i talk to out there in the desert not only on the residential side but on the apartment and the commercial side as well we're if you rewind a year, 18 months ago, you had multiple offers on a property. You had a property mm-hmm. selling in a week. Uh, you know, it, you ha- all you had to do was hold your hand up and the stuff would go. Uh, and today, not so much, right? And, and so the real world is not that a, a property should sell in four days. It, it really should sell in 60 or 90 days. But people have a short memory and, and they expect what yesterday's deal was. Have you seen that slowdown where it's a longer transaction time and fewer people chomping at the bit? That, that's exactly what I'm seeing. Uh, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And just to go with your um, your rent scenario, where rents have gone up, you know, uh, from like five hundred to two thousand or three thousand. Uh, one thing I did, I have noticed, and I'm not sure if you noticed it with your apartments, where let's let's just say somebody was paying three thousand in rent. Once all that COVID relief money went away, um, they, they can't afford my, it. My, my clients started seeing their tenants struggle with that new rent payment. Yes. And while, you know, they've reduced their rent a little bit, it's still higher than what they did. Yes. Uh, what they paid a few years ago, right? hundred percent. So I, yeah. I couldn't agree more, right? So, so you know, I'd pick a number, on, and this is not, uh, no, nobody hold me to it, but if you sure. were renting a two-bedroom apartment, hypothetically, 12 or 18 months ago, uh, and you were getting uh, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars for that, and then all of the sudden the rents are twenty four, twenty five, twenty six hundred, a thousand dollars a month more. Then what happens is the tenant who is used to paying that old number, whose budget is based on that number, cannot afford the new rent or anything close to it, so they can't move because that really is the market. And then they stay, but then the current landlord raises their rent. The current landlord is either not interested in fixing the place up because they're not getting full market, or they want to fix it up and get full market, in which case that tenant can't afford it. Right? And so now what happens is those tenants are in there. It's summertime. It's hot in the desert. It's typically slower economy. There aren't as many people around. And people normally struggle anyway in July, August, first part of September. And so we're seeing that. And then the problem is, if you're a tenant and you're struggling, I'm not sure where you go, right? I'm not sure where the downgrade is. You would have to go from a city like La Quinta to either Indio or Coachella and move even further east and find a less desirable property that would be cheaper. 
um, or you'd have to go to Desert Hot Springs uh, where that submarket is cheaper. But going from La Quinta to Bermuda Dunes to Palm Desert, uh, not much change. I mean, it is what right. it is, right? And and so right. uh, it really makes it a challenge for not only a tenant who's out there looking for a place, but from a landlord's perspective, now we've seen the activity where stuff used to get rented in like two days because, again, limited inventory, a lot of people looking you don't have as many people in the summertime. I think it'll come back in about 45 or 60 days, but for the moment, slower. Yeah, absolutely. And you were correct about, you know, having multiple offers. Uh, you put a property, in fact, most of my stuff, you know, I would just call somebody else like you, Barry, and say, hey, I got this product coming up. And it would be sold, right? I mean, before you even hit the market type of a thing. Um, now, you know, I've got to wait, you know, four months or so, three, four months, uh, the buyer, right? Yeah, and, uh, and now you got to pitch it. Now there's a story I got to tell you. Before it was, I got this property, and then somebody says, "All right, I'll take it." Now it's, "Well, let me tell you why you should buy it. Let me tell you all the good <laughs> things." About it, right? It's I've got to do a sale. Exactly but, program, right? <laughs> you might even have to write something up about it, a little little blurb. But uh, yeah, that's the that I think is the struggle. And then the question will be, if I want to buy uh, investment property, commercial medical office apartment in the desert um and and i gotta pay a four cap uh, why wouldn't i just buy something at the coast uh if i could uh, and get the same return and have less risk and, and get a property that might appreciate more that that's my struggle as somebody looking at multiple markets um and so again i think some of those buyers that were happy to go to the inland markets whether that's uh, riverside san bernardino counties uh, have shied and pulled back because they're like, okay, now there's some other opportunities at the coast. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be well, interesting. And, yeah, I, I've also had um, other clients that I, you know, always cold call, hey, you want to sell type of thing? Yeah, and, and people realize, okay, I can probably get a lot more for my apartment than what I pay, but where am I going to go, right? Right. Um, right. What am I going to do with my money? Because I, if I buy a 1031 uh, and, and, and I go buy a triple net uh, Walgreens or a Starbucks or Rite Aid or something like that, mm-hmm. the cap rates on those are really low. And then somebody can't get what their return is or they have to go buy a, you know, Walgreens in, um, you know, West Virginia or Mississippi. And they go, why would I want to do that? And so uh, that that I think also stymies the market where. The seller, uh, I'm curious when you talk to them, says, I would sell if you got me my price, which is X, which is I want to sell high, and then I want to go buy something else and buy low. And, and those dynamics just don't hunt. Exactly. Well, and, and you, you have a lot of people, like you were saying before, that have 2% interest rates, right? And they're like, well, right. it doesn't make sense for me to sell this thing, right? It's, uh, unless I can get the same thing from somewhere else. So, you know, anybody who has a loan that's assumable with a low interest rate, I think they're in a good position to sell whatever it is that they're trying to sell. Yeah, uh, or just keep it because they can't duplicate yeah, the rate they've it. got, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or, or keep it or uh, uh, sell financing or something like that. But, yeah, it's, you know, th- these interest rates are really hurting the market out here, um, as you're seeing it. Your area as well. I think I think it slows it down. I think for the desert in particular, it'll be very interesting to see what happens here in the next ninety days, because as you get back into the winter season, where the snowbirds come back, the Canadians come back, uh, the temperatures drop a little bit, and then people start showing back up. Number one, will the tenants that are out there, uh, where will their struggles be less because the economy is picking back up? I'd like to think so. 
And then secondly, will the activity in the market pick up or will it just stay flat? And, and so, um, you know, if it winds up staying flat uh, through the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, I think it'd be interesting to see what happens with the property values. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and in the meantime, I've had to learn about other commercial products a little bit more too, right, to help me out. Um, but, right, so you guys, you guys do retail, you guys do office, you guys do a little bit of medical. I mean, uh, you're uh, dealing with all different asset classes. Yeah, so, you know, in our firm, you know, there's somebody who, you know, quote-unquote specializes in something, right? Um, and just being a small market, we tend to know everybody. Right? So somebody will call me and say, hey, Steve, I got this, you know, industrial building I want to sell. Well, me personally, I know enough about industrial, but I'm not an expert, so I'll team up with somebody in my office that is an expert on that. So it is small markets like this, you know, everybody knows each other, so that helps out. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's really helped keep keep me and other agents afloat out here uh, just because just apartments, you know, what I did for the first five, six years of my career, I, you know, I can't just do apartments right now. Because right, because there's not enough activity. I agree. Right. So let's shift right. gears for a second, because I know that you uh, historically have been community minded and have gotten involved with the city of La Quinta where you live uh, and then uh, got on the city council. And now we fast forward to today and you are mayor pro tem getting ready to move into the mayor's position. Um, how did you get involved in the political side of things and why? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that question brings me back to my days in Jersey where I grew up. I grew up in New Jersey, and I remember I was just talking to my sister about this. You know, I was 16 when I first worked in my first campaign. I had no idea what I was doing. They just, my, a buddy of mine was like, hey, we're going to help our mayor um, uh, run for Congress, and they're going to give us pizza. I'm like, all right, yeah, as a 17-year-old, that's all you need to tell me, right? Pizza. Right. Um, and that's how I got started. Then, yeah, then I ended up in the Marine Corps and ended up in California. But uh, just even in high school, yeah, my, my favorite subjects were really history and government and things like that. Um, but yeah, after after my time in the, in, the, in the Marine Corps, after eight years, I was never really politically active or anything like that while I was in the Marine Corps. I was just focused on being a Marine, right? I didn't really have time to think about politics or government or anything like that. Um, but it wasn't until I got out and decided to make the Coachella Valley home. And for your listeners and viewers, you know, the, the Palm Springs area, you know, the, the greater Coachella Valley area. Those are the cities that we were kind of talking about um, as, as we were talking about the apartments. Um, it's about it's nine cities that make up the, the greater Palm Springs area, the Coachella Valley. And so I, I just kind of really got involved out here in the community. I, I wanted to give back, right? Just coming back from, from a war and, and see how other countries are. I wanted to see how I can get involved. And it started off with just becoming a big brother, right, with the big brothers and big sisters. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really know anybody out here, and so I figured, yeah, let me, let me, let me see if I can give my time to somebody else. And then from that, you know, I, um, you, st- you know how it is, Barry. You volunteer for one thing, and then other organizations are like, hey, come volunteer with us. Right, you get on the list, and then, and then everybody calls. Yeah, and next thing you know, you're working with, you know, three, four, five different charities, uh, which is volunteer however you can, and through that, you know, you start meeting all the elected officials in the area. Um, and, and then my, my path just kind of, you know, took its course from that. I just started hanging out with all the local politicians and their staff and everybody like that. Um, and then I ended up working for a state legislator out here at one time. Uh, and then she turned out 
but from that, I just really ingrained myself in, in the community out here. Um, and then there was an opening on the city council. And I, I, my, my, my goal was to run for city council one day. But because one of the council members decided to retire, you know, that was my opportunity to run. Otherwise, there was no need, no need for me to run for city council. The city is doing well. Uh, financially, it's doing well. It's a growing city. Um, there's no reason to unseat a sitting council member, you know. Right, nobody's but not happy re- with uh, retired, the existing. It opened up the opportunity, and here I am. So you went knocking door to door. You uh, put up some posters. You uh, were standing on a street corner waving a sign a couple of times. I saw you. Uh, and, uh, and then lo and behold, you're on the city council. And so uh, for those out there that don't know, I mean, some cities to become the mayor, you have to be elected by the general public in an election in other cities, you elect the city council members and then the city council members will either rotate or elect among themselves who is the mayor pro tem and, and the mayor. And and so for La Quinta, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you guys do the latter, which is where you will uh, nominate uh, from within in terms of who the next mayor is going to be? Is that how it goes, or is that actually uh, like... Yeah, so actually, the people we elect our mayor separately. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, and then the mayor pro tem position, we rotate. Um, kind, of, kind of a handshake agreement, right? It just goes in order. Um, but in theory, it, it could just, you know, some cities, are, you know, don't do it in order. They just vote for whoever they want to right yeah. so, I, I do have to say with, with our council um you know we we have a good re- working relationship with each other uh we, we we really try to work together and even if there's a disagreement on whatever issue it is um you know n- n- there's no spite right I'm, I'm, no one's out to get each other we we actually try to figure it out and kind of come to a good consensus that works out for everybody so i'm actually really fortunate uh to be on, on, on uh, the Quinta City Council. And, and it's a grooming position, I assume, for people to be able to learn about the city's operations uh, and grow so that if there is an opportunity to become mayor at a future point in time, then you've got that history and you've got that background. You're ready to step in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, the one thing I learned is, you know, there's math and there's government math. And the government map is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's got an eraser, I think. Um, and so, but La Quinta, for those who don't know, uh, and I'm pretty familiar with the city and own property out there, but I mean, number one, it's just a great place. Uh, there are 26 different golf courses within the city. The average median income in the city is, is much higher than most of the other cities out in the Coachella Valley, and maybe that's due to uh, the retirement community out there. Uh, but also, it, it really has grown uh, with some of the other events out in the Coachella Valley that have continued to flourish over the past number of years, like the music festival, like Stagecoach, like the golf tournaments, both the, the men and the women. Uh, and really, I think the city has benefited from, from a lot of that. Uh, what would you say are some of the big projects that you – I know you guys have a couple of big projects going on. I want you to talk about them with the apartments and then also the street beautification that you just finished up recently. Yeah, no, good point. And so for your listeners and viewers out there, here's the Coachella Valley, even though it's nine cities, a lot of the things we do, we do together, right? Um, our tourism, you know, we have uh, a tourism bureau that covers all nine cities, and we benefit from each other, right? Hospitality is one of our biggest employers out here. Um, it's not the largest employers between the hospitals and the hospitality and the casinos out here. Uh, those are our largest employers. And you know, things like you mentioned, you know, Stagecoach, Coachella Fest, 
um, in our own city, you know, we, we have a major golf tournament. The city next door in the borders ours, you know, they have a major tennis tournament. And so all of that just fuels our economy out here. Um, and, you know, what La Quinta, we focus on just reinvesting back into the infrastructure, right? Keeping La Quinta beautiful. You know, we have great trails, like you were saying. And, and this sounds like an ad for, for my city, but, you know, it, it, we, we take pride in the way our city looks. Um, you know, we're redoing our streets, like you're saying. Um, and, 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 well, and I like, I like the, the, big city. the Civic Center area, really, in La Quinta. I like mm-hmm. you've got the library, you've got the park, you've got the fountains, uh, you've got City Hall, you've got the rec center. I mean, it's really all kind of in one place. Um, similar to Palm Desert. I mean, uh, I think that's yeah. just a great opportunity for people to have a central place to go and, and take advantage of a bunch of amenities. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, and we just, we have one of the safest cities in the state. So, you know, all of that just comes by. If you can't keep your city safe, tourists don't want to look, come and visit. Uh, people don't want to move here. Businesses don't want to open up. Um, but if you have a good, safe, safe city, a clean city, you know, everything, everything thrives, right? Businesses, tourists, um, residents, every, everybody, everybody just thrives together. And uh, that, that's the good thing about our city. You know, we have a... We have a, an apartment being built right now. Um, we're really big on, you know, aesthetics and quality of, of how uh, our apartments look. I remember when I first moved, when I first moved to La Quinta, um, you know, I need a place to rent real quick, and I walk into this place, and they're like, "Oh, it's, it's a low-income housing." You know, I would have thought this was a, you know, top-notch apartment complex, but. You know, we keep that level even with our low-income housing that we have here in the city. So let's talk about that for a second because there is a new big project that's going up near Old Town, right? And then there's been a bunch of, uh, I don't want to call necessarily redevelopment, but um, rebeautification, I guess, of the Old Town area uh, by the city and the streets and landscaping. What's the overall plan for that particular apartment complex? Is it low-income housing? What will it look like? And then are there other plans to uh, continue to uh, make the old town area a nicer, better destination place? Yeah, so uh, the, the area that we call old town, and a lot of cities have kind of a, a version of their own or downtown area, right? Um, so that old town area is actually a privately owned, uh, and the city doesn't own uh, any of it. We, you know, we own the streets and, and whatnot around it. Um, but we have a good partnership, you know, with, with that old town area. Uh, and so, you know, we're working on the streets, the landscaping, beautification, kind of everything that we can do from our side um, to, to make it, you know, more appealing, right, for the, for the businesses in that area so they can you know, continue to thrive. Um, we do have some apartments being built in that area. Those are market rate apartments that are being built. Um, really nice designs, so that's, that's um, that'd be good for that area because it's very walkable for those residents. They can live, work in that same area. Sure. Um, you know, we have a, a few down the street, we have a large uh, montage and pendry being built at um, what will be our golf course that we're um, selling off, right, to, to the developer once they, once they have it all built out. And, um, yeah, that would be great for tourism for the area. And then also you have the the Disney complex, which is a massive long-term development, which while it's not in the city of La Quinta, I just think helps the overall valley as a whole in terms of driving tourism and bringing people to the area. Yeah, absolutely. And like I was saying earlier, you know, what one city does, you know, we kind of all benefit from it. 
No question. Uh, and, I, and I think you've already seen that, right? I mean, you've seen all cities, the property values have gone up. The, all cities have uh, made uh, strides to beautify their streets and their landscaping and keep it clean and safe. And, you know, it's just a much more desirable place for people to live. Uh, whereas before people would just go there for the weekend and leave. I, I don't think that's the case anymore at all. And now with people yeah, working right. from home, yeah. really you can you can work from <laughs> right. So so you can go sit down on the patio, look at the golf course, or go work for a little bit and go to the golf course. It's uh it's not a bad gig. I'm jealous. Yeah, well, you know, and, and that kind of when I to our conversation about apartments, also, right? Um, you know, pe- people live there, right? So they choose to live there, um, whether it's because you know the, the scenery or financial reasons, right, or both, um, and that adds to driving up rents and property values too right for apartment owners um, when you compare you know let's say like quinta with another city right yeah obviously you can command better rents in a quinta than you could in some other cities and it all comes down to you know what kind of decisions your local government's making on the infrastructure and quality of life in that city you know so that that all adds uh, adds up too and so yeah you know as an apartment buyer like yourself you know, maybe you want to go into an area that's, you know, not as nice and then hopefully it gets better, right? Right. But, um, but to me, I mean, we own properties in other cities, and I won't name them, where uh, the city's not behind beautification. They're not really doing anything dramatic to uh, deal with public safety. And, and so um, the city's not, in my opinion, going in the right direction. I don't want to buy any more property there. I want to buy property in a city that's going to get better and continue to grow. Uh, over time, not only will it be easier to maintain and you can keep a better class of, of tenant, but also you'll you'll get a return on your investment. I mean, that's, you know, uh, if you're a long-term holder, uh, that makes perfect sense. And so uh, I like the city of La Quinta a lot. Uh, I like where it's going and where it's been and where it's headed. And so, you know, for all the folks out there and as a property owner, thank you uh, and the rest of the people on the city council for all you do to make the city a better place to work and live and play. Um, I told you when we started, it would go quick. We have exhausted our time for today. Wow. You, you and I can chat all day. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess a couple things. Number one, where can our viewers uh, find you, not only in your day job on the real estate side of things, but also uh, where can what website can they go to for the city if they want to check out or learn more about the city? Yeah, so the city's website is laquintaca.gov. Uh, and I think there's like a new law now that mandates all cities to have a .gov domain name. Um, so we're laquintaca.gov. Got it. And uh, for the uh, brokerage website, uh, if I want to. Yeah, for the brokerage website, it's Wilson dash or hyphen mead, M-E-A-D-E dot com. Wilson dash mead dot com. Got it. Uh, or you can Google uh, Steve Sanchez and you can find him. And so. Yeah, you can Google me or if you're up at three in the morning, you can go for a run with me and we can chat apartments. That's good. And I look for more <laughs> uh, more great things on the brokerage side from you uh, and on the political side. So I appreciate you being on the show and sharing your thoughts with us. And uh, for you and your family, wish you continued success. Barry, I want to thank you for having me on your show and to your listeners and viewers for allowing me to uh, give my insight about the Coachella Valley market as far as apartments and just everyday life out here. Great. I appreciate it. Uh, to our viewers and our listeners, I am Barry Saywitz. Uh, if it's Tuesday, we're talking real estate. We will see you back next time 
on Let's Talk Real Estate. Thanks again to all the folks who put the show on here. We will get our technology issues sorted out shortly. I'm certain of that, probably five minutes after we finish. Uh, but we'll see you back next time on Let's Talk Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in. have it you've been listening to let's talk real estate your weekly bs with barry saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in southern california on orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio streaming live from our studio here at the university of california irvine's beale applied innovation center